You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, in light of the fact that uh, a number of the listeners have said they're touch nervous and would like a bit of guidance before they head out to stadiums this weekend, we spoke to Dr Simon Clark, a virologist from the University of Reading. Yeah. who gave us uh, his take on whether that was a good idea was or not. It was interesting. Um, it was certainly a very interesting uh, final answer. Um, we were also joined by our old mate Luke Kempner, comedian, impressionist, big Arsenal fan, feeling good about life as an Arsenal fan at the moment. Uh, gave us a few of his finest impressions. We enjoyed seeing him, as mm. always. And we had a birthday spread with a difference. Charlie Baker set the questions good today stuff. as he's in enforced absence uh, and um, me and Andy went head to head this is what happened seven minutes past one good afternoon everyone good afternoon Andy and before we uh, just talk about the cricket which we will do and we'll be having mm. a chat with Mark Rampercast shortly um, I don't think the Premier League and indeed uh, the clubs helping themselves at the moment. It's been, what, 35 minutes, maybe even 40 minutes since we got wind of uh, mm. here that the, the Leicester-Tottenham game was off. Um, and so I've been refreshing the pages of the Premier League, Tottenham and Leicester City um, so far to see what they're saying. There's no holding statement saying reports that. Our game is off. You know, people are waiting to travel from different parts yeah. of the country to go at the games. They're not helping themselves. I think all football fans realise this is a really fluid, fast-moving situation. But give people a steer. There shouldn't be a 40-minute gap between quite detailed rumours coming out about why this game has been called off yeah. by broadcasters and from journalists and news outlets and just radio silence from the clubs. We don't expect, you know, 500 words on why. All you really need to do is let your fans know that they shouldn't leave their homes. They shouldn't be travelling around the country. I agree with you. It's just bonkers. I mean, as I said, help, they've, got, if, they've got to meet the fans halfway. It's just not fair. Anyway, uh, the cricket. No, the situation in cricket and football is so grim, this show should be presented by Nick Grimshaw. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's just bad, isn't it? Mm. Uh, the cricket is just beyond belief bad. I mean, it's <clears> just... <throat> you, you, I woke up this morning, I looked, took one look at the pitch, and you thought, well, that was a mistake leaving Mark Wood out. That was a massive error. And, you know, this whole mm. thing, they picked Wokes because of the batting, because it extends the batting. They picked Butler because he's a, they think he's a better batsman. Mm. Pick a proper wicketkeeper. Butler's the seventh time he's dropped two catches. You, yeah. you gave me an amazing stat about that. Each we, team has had 18 chances. It's a Crippers um, stat, apparently. Um, the Aussies have had 18 chances and, and, and sort of pouched 18. We've had 18 as well, and we've caught 11 of them. It's ridiculous. Uh, so you that's know, so kind of, it's so frustrating because you just, you know, you know what's going to happen. It's always inevitable. They're going to make 450, 500. They're going to declare just before twilight, we're going in and we'll be 34 for five. We know, we all know what's going to happen. Honestly, they might as well come home now. It's a complete waste of time, this. Well, we're we're oh, here from Josh right. Butler now. I think we're in a position here from Josh Edward Butler. Edward hands. Well, here he is. He did slightly kill the effect so of that. I thought, were, I thought he would definitely. We should have told me. I didn't know it was coming up. You should have told me. You should have told me he was. I was going to say up. you crashed it, but it doesn't look. It wasn't that good. He's not going to win any Oscars. Matt, I don't know if you saw this, but BT cricket presenter, good piece in the Times this morning. Yeah. Uh, Matt Smith, also football presenter, of course, yeah. worked as a Tesco food driver during the first pandemic. It was really oh, okay. admirable. Wow. Yeah, the way the cricket's going, they'll be back doing it soon. 
Because oh, no, no one will be watching, yeah. let's be honest. Um, yeah, we will have a chat with Mike Rampakash uh, shortly. A tef- difficult day for uh, Joss Butler. Um, mm. And um, it's all there to protect the batting, isn't it? It's all there to protect the batting. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Andy has got, uh, Andy's got a little tune for him, apparently. It's <laughs> 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 a bit harsh. Yeah. Look, Butler, you know, the thing about Butler is he's a wonderful player. He's a wonderful white ball. He's one of the best white ball players in the in the world. He's red ball batting, not so clever, yeah. and his wicketkeeping just not up to it. So I why mean, not folks, pick folks? folks is a good batsman yeah. as well. Oh, I've never understood that. Because the good thinking, test batsman. Everything about the thinking in England is wrong. The, the whole way it's run and the, yeah. the, all of it is just... Not right. It's interesting. And that's why they're losing. And Neil's been in touch to talk sport listen. He's going to the game tonight. He said, "I totally agree with what you're saying, Paul. I'm waiting to travel to Leicester now, and I, I won't do it till I officially hear it's off. I don't want. To, he doesn't want to set off now and find no, that the game is suddenly you. on. I mean, so, just yeah. I said, just give people a steer. They don't mm. want chapter and verse. They just want the basic information to stop them uh, travelling. It's Bonkers. Anyway, we did have some football last night. Yeah, and, we did. Uh, I quite like these staggered kickoffs because you can watch, you know, like bits of halves and come in and watch the last twenty minutes. And and Palace. I mean, you know, it's an amazing thing with Palace. Roy did a great job keeping them in the division, but there's no question now for neutrals, their much games are much better to watch. You know, it was a really exciting game that. Yeah. And um, and then I watched the Arsenal West Ham game. Good win for Arsenal. Very yeah. important win for them. And uh, but. Honestly, Anthony Taylor. What is it with him and Arsenal? Honestly, that's just never a penalty ever. And mm. the VAR, what's the VAR doing? I I've just s- don't get it. I was listening to what Jason was saying last night, and I kind of knew what he meant because it wasn't the worst penalty I've ever seen. And it's quite difficult when David mm. Moyes turns around and says, "Over the weekend, we've had some soft penalties, and I think referee Anthony Taylor might have got that one right." I mean, you know, David Moyes is a guy who mm. rails against yeah, yeah. penalties that are often no, nailed on. I don't agree with him. I don't think he did get it right. I've just had another look at it just now. He, he makes two touches on the ball before he takes the bloke out. Yeah. So, and I've uh, seen worse. Penalty seemed inevitable, though. There was so much go six-yard action. There were a lot of decisions to be made in that game. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, I noticed last night, I was thinking about the Southampton player had a great game, Teller. Yeah. Uh, when he signed, what implement did they give him to sign his contract? Pencil. <laughs> there we are. Thank you. And because they didn't want that gag doing the rounds. <laughs> yeah, now, um, you're yes. probably aware, we've spoken to uh, a, a guy, I think he's probably doing quite well out of it. He brings out novelty calendars. He gave us the calves mm. of um, Jack Grealish. A yeah, while that's ago, right. Didn't he? Yeah. And he's done roundabouts before. And the novelty mm. calendar business is quite lucrative. Okay. I'm not sure how good this one's uh, going to do, though. Uh, a man who was fed up with people leaving dog mess in bags near his home took photographs of what he called the horrible artefacts and created a 2022 <clears throat> calendar. Uh, Tim Turin, 61, of Cowley in Oxfordshire, is selling the Pooh Bags of Oxford calendar. That's <laughs> yeah, not going <laughs> to so sell. So it's just black uh, dog poo bags photographed probably sitting next to a tree or in some cases in this kind of weird Christmas tree hanging, hanging them from the branches. from the branches So, the um, look, if Tim can make a few quid on the poo bags of um, uh, Oxford... He won't. Maybe you would like <laughs> to suggest, uh, sporting or otherwise, but maybe mm. you've got a winner. Um, let us know. You could en- enter a pretty lucrative market. You're in the den. We'll tell you whether mm. we're out or in. Give us your suggestions this afternoon. As we said, sporting or otherwise, things like sort of the great dugouts of Albania have done well. 
in the past. I think that was a band on the John Peel show yeah, really tonight's really session from the great dugouts of Albania. <laughs> Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH and J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Jacobs here on yeah. TalkSport. Andy? Yeah, it's got a few bits. Uh, this interesting uh, waste of ink in the sun this morning from John Smeetham in Newcastle. He says, why has Lewis Hamilton been given a knighthood when all he does is drive a fast car, live in Monaco, which is a tax haven? If anyone deserves one, it's Paul O'Grady for the work he does <laughs> for his animal charities as well as being years of being an incident. It's not a competition, like, mate. No. Can't they both be knighted? <laughs> I'm not I'm not arguing with the logic of the, of the second one, but... It, it does seem a bit of a leap, doesn't it, to make it from uh, one <laughs> yeah. to the other. Uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan mm. said he, he was incredibly relaxed uh, at the World Grand Prix. And um, not necessarily a good thing. He was almost mm. too relaxed because um, mm. he's been staying, he said, in a in a Champneys spa. Ah. In uh, And uh, while he was there, he went for the Tibetan head massage. Right, what's yeah. that? Well, it, it's uh, a head massage which originates... From Tibet. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> and let me tell you, it, it, apparently, I read, it involves working the soft tissue of the body to ease day to day stresses and muscular tension. In this mm, case, nice. obviously, the head. Before the treatment, uh, your therapist will provide a full consultation, apparently, and then, and then well, basically, they'll massage your head. But uh, it did it for him, mm. made him maybe too relaxed. But uh, he still well, got the job done, as, as you'd imagine, Ronnie Wood. Yeah. So, uh, not Ronnie Wood, obviously. Now, you may be wondering, <laughs> no, obviously, you may be wondering when I'm going to retire. You've often well, thought about it. Well, I dream and, of the day. <laughs> of course you do. But you're not allowed to ask me now because it's age discrimination. Did you read that in the paper? You can't ask somebody of a certain age when they're going to retire. Okay. So don't ask me. Okay, fair enough. You come in, you know, you could... Uh, it may not ultimately be your choice. <laughs> it certainly won't be. If England bat like that, and, you know, we forgot you know, we forgot to turn the mics off and we heard you in the breaks, I think you'd be done for, mate. Done, oh, you should have heard yeah. me before the show started. Not yeah. good. The language. Language. Honestly. Terrible. Just not cricket, that language. Yeah, it's bad. Um, do you, have you ever heard of the mouse deer? It's the uh, world's smallest mammal. I've never heard of it. But no, anyway, I don't know. visitors. Well, is it a deer or is it a mouse? Well, I, don't, I think it's a deer. Predominantly, okay. visitors to Warsaw Zoo were taken aback when a Java mouse deer was born in front of them. The animal, which arrived on December the second to its parents, Linda and Arnold. What a lovely couple they are. <laughs> I used to love going around Linda and Arnold yeah. and the mouse deers. They're beautiful, yeah. Linda and Arnold mouse deer. Yeah. That does sound like it. It's a Berkshire mouse deer. Yeah, it's, it's something from ever-decreasing <clears throat> circles, isn't it? The zoo welcomed Arnold, its first mouse deer, last year. Stop followed saying by... mouse deer, Andy. <laughs> National Sports Radio the species station, is the amongst... That's never stopped you. The species is amongst the smallest hooved mammals on earth yeah there you go they only weigh about one and a half grams i thought that's fast also if you're looking for an excuse oh, yeah. if you've overdone the old drinking mm. uh, in the next period there's a, a new syndrome that's a bit emerged in america yeah. and it is called i've lost a bit of paper now which right. is typical it, oh yes it's called auto brewery syndrome wow this is a rare condition in which uh, bacteria in the stomach and intestines turn carbohydrates into alcohol Right. So this poor man in America, people thought he was a real alcoholic and he'd never drunk, he wouldn't even drink at all, but he was always drunk. Wow. So, so if uh, you if you do get caught, you know, by the by your partner, yeah. you know, in worse for wear, just say I've got autobrewery syndrome. Morning. <laughs> really? Go really, I've been looking it up and it's apparently autobrewery. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> Honestly. And hypnotist Paul McKenna is trying to convert Britain's 15 million sprout haters to lovers of the vegetable this Christmas. He'll attempt a mass online hypnosis with a video. What's the point? <laughs> What's the point? I'm not sure the book, Paul's latest book, <laughs> I Can Make You Eat Sprouts, would be a particularly great, big seller <laughs> because, uh, you know, unlike sort of smoking and other things, you know, this exactly. you either eat sprouts or you don't. I, They're I not don't, that addictive, We eat sprouts all year round. I don't get this anti-sprout thing. That suddenly makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. And I wonder what it was. Today's, tonight's TV I listening. thought it was auto-booze syndrome. <laughs> if you don't fancy watching the football tonight, there may not be any on. Tonight's uh, TV listings include Walking with Steph McGovern. Yeah. Now you're all right. <laughs> Give that Where miss. to? I've no idea. Not to the shops and back. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Round that, to Aldi. That'd be a good programme. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and uh, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport, making a welcome return to the studios. Here with us in the flesh is uh, actor, comedian, impressionist, and Arsenal fan, so he's in a good mood today. Luke Kempner, good afternoon, Luke. Uh, hello, 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 how are you doing? Good yeah, to be here. We're not, yeah, we're not too bad, yeah. So you must be... Uh, well, I'll tell you, we'll come on to the football in a minute because okay. we're going to have a quick chat about your tour. You are touring um, next year, aren't you? Yeah, next year, going from February through to May. It's a new show called Macho Macho Man, because as you know, lads, I'm a big butch boy. Mm. Um, and uh, and it's a show all about... Well, I mean, I originally started writing this when I found out I was going to become a father. But mm. it shows how long this show's been put off, because my child is now two months old. Right. Um, but yeah. it's it's all sort of like questioning my own masculinity, but it, it's going to be really silly with loads of stand-up and songs and, of course, loads of impressions. Yeah. Um, you know, starting, you know, everyone with my classics, like you know, sort of Boris, uh, you know, he's going to be giving me some parental advice uh, because, of course, he's got <laughs> so many of them. Uh, and uh, but you know, there'll be some new ones, well, you know, like for Harry Kane, you know, he'll be there, of course, you know, because uh, you know, I absolutely love comedy and I've been playing for Spurs for seven years, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's gonna, and there'll be people like Ted Hastings from AC12, fella, he will be there looking out to sniff out some fix within our society, fellas, mother of god. Uh, but it's gonna be lots of fun, it's from uh, February through to May, and I can't just can't wait. Yeah. We were thinking about you the other day because when Sergio Aguero announced his retirement, yeah. we'd asked you to do famous Martin Tyler commentary as Biggins. Oh, yes. It's very, it's very good. Yeah, we played that. Well, back. did you play it back? Oh, my, I, absolutely, I always like when I come in here that you'd like me to do Biggins. <laughs> yeah. so he'll be in the show. And of course, I mean, very timely to have Christopher Biggins on TalkSport at this lovely panto season. So thank you very much. Lovely to see you, of course. Ah. Well, you were working on Mikel Arteta uh, when we spoke to you, when he first took over. And uh, I was going quite well. So. Yes, of course, you know, it's so important to be. And of course, I always lose my voice because I shout so much. It's true trust in the team, trust <laughs> in the unity. The team, the players, for me, is a non-negotiable. To go and see Luke Kempner on tour, I know the show starts at 7.30, but I told Aubameyang he starts at 7. Because <laughs> for me, it's a non-negotiable. Get there on time and buy tickets for the show. It's so, it's so important. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, yeah, you, so you must be happy then. I mean, yeah. it's heading in the right direction. Direction, you, I'm yeah. really happy. I just feel like there's something quietly bubbling along quite nicely. We've got such a youngest team in the Premier League. It's very hard to sort of accept that we're going to get games like Everton, um, but then we're also going to get games like we had last night against West Ham. It, it, it's hard to accept that as a fan, but you have to sort of relax, be at peace that we probably won't be top four this season. But we've got such a young team. And it's like you had a really good striker, maybe another good central midfielder. Mm. And I think, you know, look, we could be pushing top four. Maybe we could get back to even challenging for the league one day. Who knows? Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're a lo- I think they're a long way from that. Yeah. Let's see how they go against the top three the rest of the season. I mean, season. We were, to be fair, you were saying yesterday that they needed a no, statement no. victory over a team around them. And they, they beat play, West Ham yeah, last Yeah, but night. they played a West Ham who were reduced. That wasn't the West Ham that played Liverpool, yeah. you know. And, and I mean, Andy so made the point earlier on to, to Ray Houghton. It has been useful, and you always see this. You know, when a team isn't in Europe, it does help, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not being flogged quite as much, and West they Ham look fresh had a lot of games. We, we do, and look, they're, they're, I think mentally, I think they're probably quite fatigued yeah. as well, the, the West Ham players, and they've lost their two best central um, defenders. Yeah. Although I thought Craig Dawson was fantastic. Craig, yeah, he did very well. But yeah. I do think, you know, I think that's where the frustration has been, because then when we played Man United, I really feel like that's a game we actually could have won, mm. and we were fresher than them. So that's where it became quite frustrating, and especially the Everton results, because that's the only team they've beaten in about eight games, is us. And then there's we're playing Leeds <laughs> next to, uh, you know, off the back of a terrible run, and we are the team that ends teams really bad runs but um, look I think we're fantastic at home our home record I think is the same as Man City's at the moment we've scored a lot less goals but you know I I genuinely genuinely think Arteta is working really hard to change the culture of the club and that's why the Aubameyang thing has happened And and I feel like he's slowly getting there and I think with a bit of time we're going to need to spend a lot of money on a striker, that that is the next piece of the puzzle. They're talking about Vlajevic, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's turned down that deal. And also, deal. they've got to keep players like Saka. You know, they've got oh, the God. big big clubs are going to be looking at him. Aren't of course. They? Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You do. I, I wouldn't think he'd be off yet. Do you? I you don't think, think so. Do you think they've got so? big long deals Smith there. Rowe, I think there seems to be a bit of a. Yes, if you get a Real Madrid coming in for you, it's quite difficult. Isn't it? It seems to be a bit of a band, but not as difficult as it used to be. Really, that's thing. I agree. It looks good at the moment. I regret to say. Yeah, as a Tottenham fan, so do I. Regret to say, but you know you've got to call it as you see it, and they are they yeah. are looking pretty good at the moment. Yeah, no, so. it's it's. Just, I just think it's just patience, and and very much. I got excited about the top four, and now I'm sort of just even though we have gone into the top four yeah. last night, but just relaxed. Look, if we get top four, it'd be amazing. I mean, yeah. it's between us, United, and, and Spurs. And Spurs. Well, if we um, win we'll our say, 15 games in hand, we will yeah. go top. <laughs> yeah, you'll play the game every single day until May now. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. Double That's headers. the other problem with the season. It's going to get skewed by all this. Yeah, so. Teams that have less games to fill in will be have an advantage. Yeah, but these sort of outbreaks at the moment can pop up in any team, can't they? Mm. So you know, one club that at the moment is managing to manage it could find themselves in trouble in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, things could change. I've been seeing you on uh, Steph's pack lunch. Oh yes, yes. Which I think it's improved. It's it's, it's not bad now. Oh, thank <laughs> you so That's much. High praise indeed. Yeah, exactly. Well, well you know, like I remember when it first started. And she a bit unlucky for her. She had to do it in her own garage. Yeah. It was quite tricky. In your, in your, on your days off, Andy, you. You, you watch with yes, the missus, do you? Yeah, my wife really likes the show, so we oh, see you well, a lot. It's good to hear. Like, it's a fantastic show. It's like a daytime show, magazine show that we just talk about the general stories. And I'm on there doing. I do a thing called the one o'clock views, mm. where I talk about some of the silly stories of the day. And there's you know cooking and mucking around. And uh, oh, it's brilliant. Last week yeah. I got to go and I went to Santa school um, to learn how to be Santa. Because yeah. Santa is obviously very busy and uh, he, he needs to have a little yeah. other Santas to be him in shopping centres sure, and stuff like that. And I went, to le- I went to the Ministry of Fun and I learned how to do a proper ho-ho-ho. So it's a very guttural ho-ho-ho. It's a bit like Biggins, actually. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I learned all the names of the reindeers, which I don't ask me because I will forget them. But uh, yeah. it, was, uh, it was fantastic. So, um, yeah, I've yeah. been loving doing that. Have you been working on any other new ones, impressions at the moment? You well, obviously, you know, progress? that Ted Hastings has been one that has been 
and uh, yeah. excited to do the Ted Hastings for a long time. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of Joe Wicks as well, because, of course, he's been really famous. P with Joe. I'm going to be making my vaccine in 15. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and also a bit of Louis Theroux. I mean, he's, he's, he's one I've enjoyed, because he's kind of a strange one, not one that people would sort of imagine is done very often. So I quite like, I quite like doing him. He's kind of strange. That's weird. OK. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so when does the tour start? So it starts February, February the 2nd. Yeah. Um, and uh, we go all the way through to May. Tickets are on LukeKempner.com. Um, and I just can't believe it's it's taken so long to get back out on stage. And I can speak for all comedians. We're just so... Yeah. Fingers crossed that You've things You've been doing some open. gigs, have you, recently? Yeah, yeah. So it's, been, it's opened up a bit. Yeah. And it's hoped that it stays open uh, if it's safe. And um, uh, But, you know, look, in February, it's going to be great to be out in theatres. And uh, I just can't wait to see it. Hopefully it'll be a little bit better yeah. Time yeah. you'll be getting all those babies first Christmas cards I know. So all those well, things you've got sending out, been sending out the pictures babies oh first God, Christmas it's amazing like a, becoming a father is just the most incredible thing I know it's cliche um, but it's amazing mainly because I've managed to buy 18 pieces of Arsenal memorabilia that I've already dressed her up in <laughs> and uh, she's already growing out of them already uh, but uh, yeah so it's oh my god it's fantastic yeah, so no choice. Is the missus, uh, does she have football allegiances? No, well, she's not? a Hearts fan, so, oh. um, but, you know, we've not been up to Edinburgh yet to sort of go into the club shop, but she's, uh, yeah, my daughter Arabella is very much half a jamble and uh, half a gooner. Ah, because you had that with the grandkids, well, didn't you? I've got, my son is obviously a mad Chelsea fan. Okay, He's married yeah, yeah, to a yeah. mad Arsenal fan. She's so, a proper ah, fan as well. She's a season holder. So yeah. basically what you've got is the... Their daughter is an Arsenal fan. We decided we'd let them do that, oh, and then right. we claimed the son. But they, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but they both they both play, so that's oh, good too. So you see, it, that's at the moment, though. I mean, you say you, you know, you've claimed the son. What if the son? What if Arsenal going to the ascendancy? No, no, you know? I think highly unlikely. So, <laughs> and then uh, suddenly Chelsea have a bit of a couple of bum months, and he's saying, "Well, can, Dad, can I be an Arsenal fan?" Uh, he's desperate. He desperately wants to go to Chelsea, but unfortunately, my son's worried about the bloke behind me. His, his language is terrible. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, this is the thing. There's going to be there's going to be people listening, thinking it's child abuse. Yeah. Me making my daughter an Arsenal yeah. fan. You know, I could be. You know, that's it forever. She's going to be supporting Arsenal. But hey, look, we're doing all right now. And maybe of Arabella. I mean, they didn't lose a game when Arabella was born for the first sort of six weeks. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So she's a good luck charm. That's good. She, good. She wasn't born slightly earlier when you were on that <clears> terrible <throat> run at the start yeah, of the so, season. Well, well, she was 17 days overdue, though, so maybe she was waiting. Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, to yeah, give yeah. everybody else a, a nine point start and still be in the top four at this stage. You have to say that's yeah. that's impressive. That's yeah. what we do at Arsenal. We like to give everyone a nine point start. <laughs> <laughs> well, lovely to see you, Luke. Oh, uh, so good to see so you. So, where do people need to go? They LukeKempner.com. Yeah, excellent. LukeKempner.com. All the uh, tour details are there. We will catch up with you soon. Have a great Christmas. Lovely to see you. All the best, guys. Uh, we're going to have a chat with a virologist very shortly, Dr. Simon Clark from the University of Reading. Uh, as we said, a number of people nervous about taking in games this weekend. Uh, should they be? Uh, what's the guidance? We did hear from uh, Professor Chris Whitney last night um, and uh, we will be chatting to Dr Clark very shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Breaking news on Talk Sport. Yes, Ben Fletcher has rejoined us. Fletch. An alarming regularity about this. Manchester United's Premier League fixture against Brighton is the latest to be postponed because of COVID-19. It's become the fourth this week, in fact. After the game against Brentford was postponed, there have been more positive tests at Old Trafford, meaning Ralph Rangnick is unable to field a team. Earlier today, we saw Leicester Spurs called off multiple EFL games getting called off over the course of the weekend. The Premier League have released a statement. They've recognised the number of clubs with ongoing COVID issues, but they say 
say it's their intention to continue the fixture schedule where possible. That breaking news again, United's Premier League fixture against Brighton, the latest to be postponed because of COVID this weekend. Thanks, Fletch. I mean, anecdotally, and from some of the emails and texts and tweets the station has been uh, receiving, um, that may come as a relief to some Manchester United and Brighton fans taking the decision out of their hands. I've spoken to a lot of people, mm. and we've heard from a lot of people who are saying, I'm a bit nervous about Especially going up the pre-Christmas. Yeah, that's, that's it. The, I think it's exactly problem, that. Know, you... It's the timing and it's the thought of having to isolate over Christmas or maybe having sort of uh, elderly mm. parents or, or vulnerable people coming to your house. Uh, and and so people mm. are weighing up uh, the situation. I, I would imagine after hearing from Dr Nikki Kanani last night, the medical director of primary care for NHS England, who said... The only real reason to go to football stadiums this weekend is if you're going there to get a vaccine. I mean, Chris Whitty has talked about that today, as, as you've been hearing in the news, saying that, um, you know, it's, if, if football is your priority, going to the game, that's important. But it's all about prioritising your contact at the moment. And so with that in mind, and the, and the fact mm. that some of the listeners are concerned at the moment about whether they should take in a game or not, uh, we're joined by Dr Simon Clark, a virologist from the University of Reading. Good afternoon, Dr Clark. Good afternoon. I mean, what would your advice be? I don't know if you are a football fan or not, whether that would be your priority. But as I said, I think a lot of people are they are wavering at the moment as they prepare to go to fixtures this weekend. Yeah, um, people have got to weigh up um, how much they want to go to the football match. Um, and bear in mind that we are a week away from Christmas. So, you know, if, if you're not a big fan of Christmas... Maybe going to the football is more important to you than than having it with your extended with having Christmas with your extended family, um, and it's all down to personal choice in that respect. But you know it does need to be borne in mind that there is a much increased risk of picking up coronavirus uh, at the moment wherever you go. Um, but we still don't know what the implications of that are going to be. How risky is it to go to football, though? I mean, we hear that it's you know it's it's close contact with people in in sort of indoor on the arenas. Yeah. You know, yeah, you do get that on the concourse. But I mean, is football particularly dangerous? Well, if, you know, okay. The last time I was in a stadium was last month when I went to Twickenham. I went to the, the Australia and the South Africa games, and I was not exposed to eighty thousand or eighty-two thousand people. Because, of course, you don't come into contact with that many people. You still come into contact with a lot of people while you stood in the queue for the toilets while you're on the concourse, while you're in the stands and people are shouting and hollering while you're queuing at the bar. I know you can't do that on football. But all these sort of environments, these scenarios, are places where you can pick this virus up. Um, and so it's really, really difficult to actually... Um, in fact, I think it's impossible to... to to calculate odds of what your chances of picking something up are. I mean, this does feel like a more virulent strain. As you've been saying, we don't quite know uh, just how, how sort of serious it is. Um, but because there's so there... much conflicting information. Mm. I think, as you know, I think the general public do get confused where you'll get a doctor from South Africa saying it's not that bad, then you'll get somebody from Sage saying, we don't know that yet, it is that bad. You know, it, it is tricky for people to make a, a sort of judgment call on this. It, it's incredibly tricky, you're quite right. Um, but uh, <laughs> different people have their, their, their views on things and uh, they get aired more or less equally. Um, but 
you know, what I would say is that South Africa, all throughout the whole COVID episode, for the best part of two years now, has had an infect infection fatality rate that's about a third to a quarter of that of, of England's. Um, we still don't know how well our, uh, our vaccination strategy will work against Omicron. You know, will that really work in our favour versus South Africa? But then again, they've just had a Delta wave and so you'd expect some immunity from that. So all these things need to be weighed in a balance. And that's where it becomes tricky. So, I mean, people like Chris Whitty have, have, have drawn out a, a sort of spectrum of scenarios. And he's been quite clear about this, that we may end up being very lightly affected by this, or it could be an absolute disaster. Um, we just don't know. Of course, media tends to focus on things that grab people's attention more. So the sort of disaster end of the, the, the spectrum is going to be more worthy of grabbing people's attention than the, the sort of the milder end of things. But the milder end of things is a possibility. There's two aspects to this, isn't there? If you are going to take in a game this weekend, one is just how ill if you did catch uh, the Omicron strain of the virus, you were with it, and hopefully, fingers crossed, not too bad, but yeah. also that you would have to isolate for 10 days, and that would that's take you problem. that would take you beyond Christmas. So whether you're ill or not, that's one aspect, but also the fact that you're effectively uh, not going to be able to spend the Christmas that you would have done otherwise. Yeah, that, that's the big thing. we always got to remember that all variants of COVID-19, all of them predominantly cause mild disease. Most people are sat at home, convalescing, feeling a bit rotten. Some people have extremely mild uh, uh, illness from it, even less than that. Uh, but of course, it can put some people into hospital and some people into intensive care. But you're right, the real big issue this weekend is going to be the time frame that will push people uh, into Christmas and means they can't uh, they can't mix with people if they were unfortunate enough to pick it up. Yeah, that, I just want to ask as well yeah, because sure. they're talking about up to a million infections a day, which I mean sounds crazy, but you know, right? That's what the people of scientists have talked about. I mean, if you, how much of that could, would lead to herd immunity? I mean, logically, it probably doesn't work like this. But you think, well, after about fifty or sixty days, that means everybody would have had it, so therefore everyone's had it. Uh, yeah, and how long is that herd immunity going to last? Um, with a with a variant like this, you would need very very high coverage, firmly into the nineties percent. Um, and of course, this this variant, the, the problem with it is that immunologically, it's different from the variants we've seen before. And the variants we've seen before aren't giving us protection against Omicron. So why do people think Omicron would give us protection against those other ones? I don't think it's likely. Um, we just want to play you something, Dr. Clark. Thomas Frank, the, the Brentford manager, was speaking earlier on, and uh, this is his take on what's going on. We just had another game called off, uh, called off if you just heard, at the weekend. Let's hear from Thomas Frank. No, no doubt that this Omicron variant is running through like a wildfire through uh, the world um, and it's spreading much quicker. So I think we need to do what we can to to protect and avoid it. Um, and now, obviously, it is everywhere. Um, and I think in in the clubs where where it's in, I think we can do a lot by closing down training ground for whatever three, four, five days what's needed, um, and then we can go again. Uh, if they are not double vaccinated, of course, it doesn't help. Um, if it's if it's enough to 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 
to cancel more rounds. I don't know. But I think uh, one or two games here will help a lot. So he's kind of suggesting a sort of two-week circuit breaker. What do you make of that scientifically? Would that help what's going on at the moment, these increased uh, sort of uh, postponements? Well, it might help, but, you know, <laughs> lockdown, circuit breakers, whatever you want to call them, do not drive away for good the virus. It You know, it can still cause us problems. The, the, the problem for football, I guess, and for indeed any team sport, is that you have the... the ability here to take out you know most if not all of a squad in one go and then there's real problems and that's what they're trying to sort of I think smooth out by by uh, putting in a potential circuit breaker there um, but it doesn't mean that uh, that it will will go away quickly after that you know conversely if we allow the spread to spike very quickly it might be over and done with and i emphasize might it might be over and done with quite quickly but uh from sort of a wider perspective in the population that doesn't mean it's not going to do any damage in doing that and then one quick final question if that uh, game of rugby you went to at twickenham was on saturday uh, uh, <clears> would you would you go yes yeah, interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. I, I, based on what you said, I wasn't expecting that answer. No. Well, I suppose the follow-up <laughs> question is why? Why? <laughs> because I enjoyed it. It was good fun. Um, I don't have any kids. So, uh, you know, Christmas to me, uh, if I had to spend Christmas on, on the sofa uh, with a bottle of port, wouldn't be the end of the world. Which goes back to what Chris Woody said earlier on yeah, today. That, that, that's fair that's your priority. And yeah. People choose their priorities accordingly and, and, and take that chance. Look, pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Cheers. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time for the birthday spread with a difference. Now, Andy's been in for all five days this week because Charlie wasn't able to be with us. So Andy was a bit worried with all the live football, of course, that he'd have a chance to do the spread justice and get all the birthdays done because, believe it or not, it takes him quite a long time. Wow. (laughs) So... Hone it. He suggested, that's like, whoa, I don't know if I can do it all. And so we thought we might flip it as Charlie maybe had the opportunity to do it this week. He could do the gags, set the birthdays, and I could take on Andy. Yeah. So we break. So it's the it's mid-season a bit like break. playing in a Bunbury game, and I feel like I'm playing with a great pro. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Well, let's see. You might beat me. Anyway, good afternoon, Charlie. Afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Not too bad. How Hello, are you, man. more to the point? I'm very well. I'm very good, thank you. Yes. I... I, I uh... I've had uh, I've had the COVID. Jeff. Yes, I've had the COVID, mm. and uh, I feel absolutely fine Good. now. Although a bit of brain fog and my joke writing ability has just left me. <laughs> so oh, no. <laughs> it's quite fa- hard, isn't it? You look at those names, don't you? And you just think, what? <laughs> you felt Andy, the pressure, Charlie. <laughs> Andy, I have a newfound respect for what you bring us every single week, and I am there with the insane memos you send people. Yeah. I am there because I can see the annoyance. And if you have spent hours crafting a joke <laughs> and then someone goes, oh, yeah, blah, 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 all over the top of it. Well, we, know, we know who that is, doesn't he? His nerve centre. <laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh on oh, Jeff well, Peters. <laughs> Good afternoon, Jeff. There you go. Oh, there it is. There, it is. there yeah, you are. Beautiful, the, Jeff Peters there in the, in the nerve centre. How dare you, Andy Jacobs? Yeah, we're going to crash his gags. I think he improves them. Or he tries to. Occasionally, he, embell- he, he doesn't. He kind of embellishes them, doesn't he? Oh, yes. He texturises them. Sometimes. So, uh, this is a, a one-off. I mean, Andy, have oh, I ever good. played you before? The no, birthday? I don't, I don't think, think so. We ever no. have. This no. is after all these years. So, oh, would wait. you like to go first or second, Andy? <clears throat> uh, what would you prefer? 
I'll go first. Okay, Andy Jacobs yeah, will thank you very much. kick us off. Uh, it's a pretty simple game. Uh, Charlie's work, it's 10 birthdays of the week. Uh, Charlie's got a sensational gag because he is a professional, no pressure, Atta- <laughs> attached to each one of them. <laughs> and um, we've got a guess how old these people are. There'll be a margin of error that builds as we make our guesses in the years we're out. And the one with the shortest margin, shortest margin of error after 10 birthdays is the winner. Um, so, here's Pele. He always joins us for this. Jeff keeps score, of course. Uh, and Andy, um, you'll lead us off. Charlie, take it away. Yes, it's a happy birthday to Rita Chakrabarti, broadcaster. Yeah. Now, it's a little-known fact that through the 90s, Rita dated Bradley from S Club 7. He'd often be heard singing, Ain't no Barty like Rita Chakrabarti. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. That's good. Rita that is, Chakrabarti. That's a high bar. She an, is she an MP, did you say? A TV presenter. Oh, TV presenter. Broadcaster. Broadcaster, yeah. I don't really know. I'd say 43. I think she might be a bit older than that. 52? She's 57. Oh, 57. Okay, so Jeff, what's that done to the scores? (laughs) Well, 14 plays five, so Paul taking an early lead. No, Andy, don't be like like you are about the England cricket team. You'll be be in the blue square premier within five years (laughs) of the birthday spread. Be a bit more positive. Uh, Okay, so Andy's led us off, so that means I go first. Joss Butler of a start. I go go first uh, next time. Here we go then, Charlie. Yes, it's happy birthday to restauranteur and Michelin-starred chef Marco Pierre White. Yeah. Now, he's the only chef whose name doubles up as a Farron Ball paint colour. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have two litres of Marco Pierre White in gloss and a tester pot of Reverend Al Green. Hey, very good. I'd say... It's my oh, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, sorry. About the laws of the game. Sorry. Um, I'd say... Uh, uh, Marco Pierre White, 55. 55, I'm going for, Andy. What do yeah, you think? I'm going 58. Oh. What is he, 60. 60. 60. Oh, okay. And he's Andy's clawed. It's that curly hair. He's got young hair. Like Dennis Law. <laughs> no, I, know, I interviewed him years ago. <laughs> did you? Yeah, oh, I mean, like 30 years ago. Wow, did he have that curly hair then? He did. Marvellous. Um, what's that What's that done to the scores, Jeff? Paul, you are five out for the second birthday. Andy, two out on that one, so it's ten to Paul, sixteen, Andy. Good game. Okay, Andy, you go first for this one. Okay. I'd like it if Andy had uh, interviewed him 30 years ago on his 30th birthday. Yeah, um, (laughs) Yeah, it was a special 30th birthday interview. 30 for 30. (laughs) Here we go. Happy birthday to actress from the Partridge family and L.A. Law, Susan Day. Susan Day. Now, Susan was supposed to be in the latest Bond film. They asked her to turn her hair red for the part, but she asked if her sister could stand in for her. She asked them to die another day. <laughs> That's very much in the Jacobs envelope. I was in the Jacobs style. In the Jacobs style. It's like an Andy Jacobs tribute act. That's very good. Uh, Andy, now, what do you think? Uh, Partridge family was on sort of early 70s. She would have been about 20. She's got to be about, I'll go 70. I'd say you're about right. Um, 74. 74, Charlie. She's 69. Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay. 
apologies, Susan. Andy closing the gap here. Fantastic. Yeah. Paul, you are five out for the third birthday <laughs> yeah. in a row. Yeah. Uh, Andy, his game is, is flying, getting so much better. But it's uh, 15, Paul, 17, Andy. What a game. He's uh, 15. You're, he's ner- you're kind of nerdling away. You're just chipping away at my score, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. Good yeah. batting. It's like Steve Smith. <laughs> so, uh, I'll go f- first for this Aaron. one. Sorry. What's Sorry. Ne- what's next? Happy birthday to pop star and musician Jermaine Jackson. Jermaine Jackson. Now, he's seen as the sanest member of the Jackson family, which is a bit like being seen as the best-looking man in Truro. (laughs) 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 It's Charlie Baker you're after. The Truro transmitter. It's a a Devon thing. (laughs) Not our fault. Take it out on us. Um, I'd say it's me again, isn't it? Um, yeah, Jermaine, we met him. He came in. I know, yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say him. he's got to be about um, 60... Clickety-click 66. I think a touch older. Yeah, I think I'm, you're right. I'm going yeah, gone, 71. Yeah, you're right, Andy. He's 67. Oh, OK, Ooh, fair no. enough. Maybe you're not. No, so... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what's that down to the scores? Six, 16 plays, 21 after four. Exciting. 16 Ooh. plays, 21. What a right. game. Very right tight, Andy. Mm. So, uh, next up, Charlie, before we go into half time. Sure. Happy birthday to actor Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Now, Bill's real name is actually William Now. But in his first professional appearance, made the mistake of asking former First Minister of Northern Ireland, Ian Paisley, to announce him on. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Nye. Taking out, out, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's not just Truro now then. So um, He's he's been around for a long time, is it you? No, it's you, Andy. You're going first with Bill Nye. I think he's got to be late 70s, surely, even... I'll go 78. Wow, I wouldn't think he's that old. Isn't he? Uh, no, I wouldn't say. I'd say he's about 60, <laughs> 68. Bill Nye is 72. Oh, OK. Mm, well, well, we're kind of yeah, halfway. Yeah. We didn't do too bad. Not too bad, really. <laughs> so, what's that done? Paul, four out. You move on to 20. Andy, six out on 27. So, at the halfway stage, there are seven points in it. Game on! Delicately poised. Let us know how you're getting on. Uh, are you beating us out of sight? Have you had a bit of a mare? Do let us know. We'll bring you the best of the alternative scores if you're playing along this afternoon uh, very shortly. Uh, uh, um talksport.com. Uh, you can get in touch and uh, let us know, uh, 8.10.89. But we bring you the second half of the birthday spread very shortly with these scores at 27.20. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's uh, half-time in the birthday spread, and you've been uh, telling us how you're getting on. Um, what's this come? Brez, and I'm having the game of my life. I'm on 14. Expect a Baker-esque breakdown, <laughs> uh, he says. Uh, what else have we got? Some other ones. Uh, did, 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 uh, oh, yes, we've got Elton Hales on 26. I'm on 17 at the moment. Is it possible for Charlie to be more Cornish, says Jay the Bluebird? He's not Cornish. <laughs> what a wonderful He's not enjoying that. Charlie's called, they've called you Cornish, Charlie. I know, it's unbelievable. I've been called it. I, I, I was going to do a joke then, and I've backed out of it. Um... <laughs> so it's halfway. I'm on 20, and he's on 27, which means I'm winning by seven. Mm. The idea is to get yeah, the shortest margin of error. Number of you going better than us. Here's Palais back. And I lead off for the start of the second half. Um, and let's have the birthday then, Charlie. 
Yes, former rower and chair of sports aid, Chris Ballyu. Chris Ballyu. Ballyu. Now some <laughs> Ballyu. Some people struggle. Some people struggle uh, knowing how to pronounce his name. Right. <laughs> um, so here's a technique. Knock knock. Who's there? Chris Ballyu. Chris Ballyu who? Yes, the former rower and chair of sports. Oh, okay. That's yeah, the one. Yeah. Bale, you, ooh, ooh. That's it. Was yeah. he the former rower and chair? Rower and yeah. chair of sports aid. I'm, I'm first. Chair of sports aid. Mm. Um, 68, Charlie. What do you think, Andy? I think a touch younger. I'm going 54. Oh, dear. 72. Ah. Oh, there you go. So, so what's that done to the score, Jeff's? Oh dear, oh dear. What's that done to the scores, Jeff? Pull your four out. So you've been within a margin of five on all six birthdays. Andy was uh, heading in the right direction until being 18 out on that one. So it's uh, 24 to Paul. 45 to Andy. I got it wrong. He was the old Bailey. Oh, the old Bailey. Look, see, he's, he's never off. There it he's is. He's never it. off. Still got it. Even when he's off. Still got it. Um, Andy, you're first this time. Okay. You claw this back. I can no, feel I it in my water. Yeah. Charlie. Okay. In ni- it's uh, Rita Marino. Rita oh. Marino, the singer and actor. Yes. From West Side Story, of oh, course. Yeah. Now, in 1973, Rita caused the breakup of Roxy Music when she annoyed Brian Ferry by standing down the front of a gig chanting, Moreno! Moreno! Hey. Oh, you have to know the lineup. One, for the, one for the early Roxy Completist. Music fans there. Uh, Rita, yeah, we've seen a fantastic version of Fever with Animal from The Muppets. Charlie, you ever seen that before? I've never seen that. Sensation. No, go and check it out, check it out uh, on YouTube. I actually know this. Uh, well, well, I shouldn't you... say that. Oh. How do you know this? Because I'm a good friend of Rita, and she's 90. Okay. Have oh, you been looking in the papers this I week? I have not been looking in the papers. I deliberately didn't look at the birthdays, because that would be cheating. How do you know she's 90, then? Oh, wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> she might not be. <laughs> Schoolboy well, error, this, Andy. I think she probably is. I'll just stay with you. It's well, a school I will. S Housery of, of a, a baker like level. 89, then, Jeff. Uh, uh, Charlie, how old is she? She's 90 years old. No. <laughs> Get out of town. Oh, Andy, you missed a trick there. You should have said, I've got absolutely no I idea. Yeah. I don't know, 90. I was, I was I'm not say, used to playing the game. I was, I'm, I'm, you know. was going to be too honest. Oh, yeah, right. How do you know she's 90, Andy? I saw her on TV on Steph's back lunch. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, I don't think it was Steph's back lunch. It was one of those. Okay, well, look. Um, no, I was going to say 86, so I'm basically three better than I would have been otherwise yeah, yeah, with Andy knowing the answer. So what's that done to the scores? It's yeah. 25 to you, Paul, 45 to Andy. 20 in it, three to go. Oh, That's nothing, nothing. nothing. Uh, what's next, Charlie? Uh, Charlie, yeah. Is it Andy finding out what it's like inside the ropes? Yeah, that's <laughs> true, that's yes, right. See. <laughs> uh, Dion Warwick, the singer and legend of Motown, oh, Dion yeah. Warwick. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Now, it's little known that most of the Motown artists uh, have names that are based on UK motorway service stations. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you've, got D, you've got Dion Warwick, yeah. of course. Uh, uh, Barry Gordy, which is short for Gordano. Um, <laughs> little, <laughs> little Charnock Richard. Um, Aretha Franklin. <laughs> and, of course, and, of course, Gladys Knight 
and the Leicester Forest Eats. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I'd say she's probably in the Merino envelope, but maybe not quite. As, I'm going to say she's 80, 86, Andy, I'm going for the brilliant Dion Warwick. Dion Warwick, is she as old as that? What do you think? I'll go uh, 80. Okay, fair enough. What's that done? Uh, what's the, uh, sorry, um, what's the answer, Charlie? She's 81. She's Ooh, 81. He's clawing away then. I'm sorry, Dion, if you're listening. What are the chances? <laughs> she, she's listening in case there's any more games yeah. called. Hello, off Adrian. I'm going to walk on by. Yes, hello there. If you see me walking down the street, Adrian. Great show. So, um, yeah, what's that done to the scores, Jeff? Uh, Paul, oh. you are once again five out. Um, so you have been, you've been within a margin of error of five in all eight birthdays. Andy, one out on that. Mm. So it's 30 to you, Paul, 46 to Andy. 16 with two to go. OK, Ooh. nothing in it. Here we go. Andy's first for this one. Here OK. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's happy birthday to actor and musician Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Now, Jamie Foxx spells his name with two X's. Um, he wanted to add a third one, but his manager said Jamix is a ridiculous name. Hey. Hey. <laughs> there we are. He's, ta- he's taking it in a direction we weren't expecting. No. Um, the Jamie thing is, it's Fox. quite hard to make up the, if, if the names of people you know. It's hard to make. Are up you getting the a masterclass now, you know, Charlie? The because if the names yeah, yeah. of people you know, it's, it's difficult to make it hard. up. That's so why I always put just people, in future. If well, you ever do this half, again, I've always put people okay. in that you've never heard of. His yeah. favourite. His favourite oh, yeah, nut yeah. is a filbert. Pardon, the, oh, uh, yes, Philbert the Fox. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's really are, it. Yeah. Uh, I'd say Jamie Foxx, he's in his 50s, isn't he? He's about 53. Uh, yeah, I would have said similar sort of age. 55. He's 54. Straight oh. down the middle. Oh. Straight down the middle. So, um, what's that done to the scores? Well, you're both one out. So, Paul 31, Andy 47, 16 is the difference. 16 is, this the last name? is the difference. And I'll go first because I'm in okay. the lead. So now, Charlie railed down. against you last week because the last one you did, for, for the reasons you just said, Andy, was somebody that we all knew. Yeah. And Charlie railed against that. He did. So, it'll be very interesting to see what he's come up with, whether he's let <laughs> the gags get the better of him for the birthday. He's a comedian. What do you think? So, is this somebody we know, Charlie, or not? <laughs> Who knows? Let's find out. We all know them. We don't know them until we know them, do we? You're 28 till you're 29. Right, here we go. Uh, (laughs) It's the Lord Lieutenant of Bristol, Mm. Peaches Golding. Peaches Golding. That's a good one. The Lord Lieutenant. Peaches Golding, I have written down here. Oh, right, here. okay. Well, Jamie sent me a different name. Anyway, carry on, crack on, crack on. <laughs> okay. okay. I just got Thanks. a great joke on Peaches Godfrey. <laughs> 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 oh, Godfrey. Uh, Peaches Golding, Lord, Lord Lieutenant of Bristol. And uh, who can forget the ceremony when she was made uh, Lord Lieutenant of Bristol, when she had Eric Clapton, Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker there, of course. They, they all play. They all played her. Played her on. We all love a bit of all together now. Peaches, Peaches and, and cream. 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 There it is. All yeah. together. It is. Uh, it is the Panto season now. Peaches. Somebody called Peaches. But you don't become Lord Lieutenant of Bristol unless you know you do. You don't do that at eighteen, do you? So um, I am going to say Peaches Golding, um, seventy-eight. 
So, Andy, you need to be... You've got to have a differentiation of 17, ideally, Andy, to okay, win Well, it. I have to go 61 then, don't you I? You sure? She's, you don't want to go higher than that? She can't possibly be... Uh, She'd have to be 90, you'd have to go 95. 95, she's not 95. Do you want to go 95 or, or I'll, I'll, 61? I'll, not with any great conviction, I'll go 61. 61. Charlie Baker, reveal how old Peaches Golding, Lord Lieutenant of Bristol, is. She's 68. Oh! Unlucky. Oh, it made, he made so a... So close. Made a battle of it at the end. Yes. But, uh, Jeff, give us the final scores. Yeah, Paul, 10 out. Uh, your worst guess of the lot, but brilliant guessing throughout. 41, which is a, a, a brilliant low... Uh, score so Andy coming up against you on a, on a you know top day yeah. on top form Andy on 54 13 in it he was seven out on the last one and apart from Rita and uh, Chris uh, that was some very good guessing from you Andy yeah. but, uh, Thank you very much, just, yeah. but uh, I'll take that I, yeah. it's, it's great to play with the master <laughs> and, uh, and well done Charlie as well the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast there we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow. Hopefully, we we'll have some clips of the week for you as well. We'll be reflecting on. Tonight's remaining matches. Uh, if you can join us from one, that would be marvellous. If not, podcasts will be available as always at around four o'clock. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport.